Does using social media for your business feel overwhelming and like it's gonna eat up your whole day? We talk about some strategies to keep it manageable and not too time consuming in episode 36 of Social Media Simplified. You're listening to Social Media Simplified with Lara Wellman, the podcast for business owners who want to harness the power of digital marketing to grow their business online. Many of you have heard me talk about the value of online community. I'm a huge fan of the opportunities that you can find online when you just get into groups and communities that are full of like-minded people. Facebook groups are a huge passion of mine. I'm going to link actually in the show notes to a few of the other podcasts I've done on this topic. And today, my interview is with Dan McHugh, who I met in a Facebook group. Not my own Facebook group, but one that is part of a course that I took. And it is one of those things where you can just find the right people when you're willing to have the conversations in communities online. So Dan is joining me today so we can talk about social media and having it be effective and not too overwhelming. So let's go into that conversation now. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, Dan. I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you for having me, Laura. It's a pleasure. I'd love if you could start out by telling us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and how we're coming to have this conversation about social media today. Certainly. I have a a background in marketing, as many of your listeners may. (laughs) And what I, the the angle, the the background is uh, about a decade ago, I started working in higher ed for a private liberal arts college here in Iowa, Grinnell College. And in my work there, I had the opportunity to work on a variety of multi-channel marketing campaigns, which then extended into these new social media back in 2006 and 2007 of Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter, in addition to kind of more conventional print and email marketing campaigns. And then, of course, there was a web component. So as we continued to develop those channels, uh, in addition, to the traditional work of alumni relations, so advocacy and and fundraising and events and reunions and whatnot, Uh, I really saw an opportunity for that to grow. But of course, I still had to maintain those other things in my work. That was what we were uh, expected to do. And so uh, in 2010, realizing that this was becoming the mainstream, not just a trend, uh, actually left Grinnell College, started my own business, or excuse me, 2011, left the college, started my own business. And then uh, one of my clients, uh, a regional and insurance carrier, Grinnell Mutual, hired me in 2012. What I found over the past four years working with our independent agents, and then we also work with some small insurance companies, mutual companies, we call them, like a co-op in a sense. They are great at relationship. They understand the fundamentals of marketing, building relationships, building trust. What they don't understand are the tools. And then as we all know, the tools continue to evolve. And so I have found working with these small businesses, independent agents and member mutuals, sometimes one, two, three person shops, sometimes they have a few dozen employees, but they really don't have, uh, it's marketing becomes a have to, and especially these digital and social marketing pieces become have tos. Uh, They recognize the need, they just don't have the experience with the tools. And so uh, I've been able to leverage my experience and and network and what we do here at Grinnell Mutual uh, to help them to be successful. That's great. And so, yeah, I think a lot of people know social media is important, but what are some of the roadblocks you find people hit up in terms of actually using it properly? 
Yeah, well, the first roadblock is fear. Uh, there is, there's just this, uh, this fear, yet this feel like the, that FOMO, that fear of missing out. <laughs> and so, it, so it's two fears, actually. It's, I don't understand it, but I know I have to use it, but I don't understand it. And so, so in addition to that, the tools continue to evolve. I mean, people are always talking about, oh, you know, the end of Facebook is, is near. And that's true. The current version of Facebook's going to go away because they're going and continue to iterate and improve. So one of the things is we have to tap into that uh, that desire to be in that place where our customers are spending their time and and use that to overcome these fears of I don't understand it. Uh, we also have to tap into that I understand relationships, I understand my customers, uh, I understand the story that I have to tell. And with the audience that I work with, which is really a relationship and trust-based industry, my customers are independent agents and mutuals. Uh, what they're selling their customers is peace of mind. Uh, they're selling risk management. And so to help them to understand that you understand relationships so well, uh, you have a great opportunity with social media to build on those relationships to keep in touch with your customers, to let your customers advocate for you, to give them that opportunity, and to help them with referrals, have them help you with that word of mouth, showing them the opportunity, but then also giving them some tactics so that they understand that it isn't everything on Facebook, that you're really just trying to re reach your niche, tell your story to your niche, tell your story to your audience. Yeah. And I think that's a huge part of it is that, you know, some people feel that they don't have any knowledge of the technology or how it's going to work. But once you remind them that they actually do have a lot of the skills that they're using in other yeah. places and it translates to social, then it's a little bit less stressful. Exactly. Seth Godin says that, uh, you know, the heavy lifting on websites has already been done. The technology is proven. Most websites are run by amateurs. And so I, I think in a sense, Social media is the same way. We're not responsible for figuring out the algorithms that decide what appears in your newsfeed. We just need to understand that the newsfeed has preferences for certain things, and we need to play to those preferences of friends and family and things that are both informative and interesting. Right. So you've come up with a bit of a system, I gather, that helps you know make things more effective. I have, I have. Thank you. Yeah, the uh, one of the things that I do as part of my work is I'm keeping an ear to best practices uh, across industries, but especially within the insurance industry, since that's my my niche, my customer. And uh, and so some of these are by independent third parties. Some are from within the industry. And uh, there is something I encourage all of you look for these sorts of white papers and research papers that are within your industry. One that I have found as a great toehold is uh, in the United States, the Big Eye, the Insurance Independent Insurance Agent and Broker Association. And they have a best practices study looking at insurers here in the United States. There may be a, a counterpart there in, in Canada as well, or in whatever country that you're you're living and listening to right now. And, and in that, they look at 216 insurance, uh, independent insurance agencies, and start to break them down on their best practices. And so what I did in looking at the study, they did a deep dive on just social media, the channels used, and within insurance, the top three are Facebook, not a surprise, LinkedIn, also not a surprise, and then email marketing. And what I was most interested in is 
how many staff do they use and how much time do those staff spend on social media compared to everything else that they're doing. Uh, the insurance agents that we work with, they tend to be smaller shops. They tend to be revenue um, over a million dollars, but not by much. And so fortunately, this report broke it down and they found for those that smallest tier of agent in terms of revenue, uh, they had one person spending 4.8% of their time on social media. And so I, I worked that out based on a 40 hour work week uh, that worked out to one hour and 55 minutes a week or 23 minutes a day. And and so I said to myself, you know, oh my goodness, a lot of these agents, a lot of these insurance professionals, they're thinking, oh my God, I need to hire someone to work full-time just on marketing, but I don't have the budget for that. And I don't have the staff. And, and I don't even know what I would talk about having someone write about 40 hours a week. Well, that's okay. Neither do these best agents in, in the United States. They just have one person spending 23 minutes a day on it. And so the, this 23 minutes a day, what it works out to is you figure 10 minutes when you get there in the office in the morning, or depending on how you commute to work, might even be something that you do on, uh, on transit or uh, at the breakfast table, whatever, wherever that 10 minute block works best for you. Do another five to 10 minutes midday and, and then another five or 10 minutes at the end of the day before you go home or as you're going home. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a, a great point, right? It's sometimes people feel like it's such an overwhelming task that it's going to take up all of their time. And I often say to people, it's not that we can guarantee you won't spend hours on Facebook. That's that's right. part of what, you know, you're, we all need to sort of manage that for ourselves and not fall into those holes. But exactly. how much time do you need to spend there? You can do an awful mm -hmm. lot in little blocks of time. You can, you can. And then, and then to even think, have a strategy in that five or 10 minutes, because Facebook is a very deep rabbit hole, even LinkedIn and Twitter, those can be pretty deep rabbit holes too. And I'm certainly guilty of getting off task with, with each of those networks. So what I encourage people to do is, is have your game plan, have a checklist. And then as you do those things, mark them off, and then and then get out knowing that you're going to come back in later in the day. So for for that independent agent, usually they have a pretty defined territory in terms of who they're and also maybe even into demographics, who they're trying to reach and where they're trying to reach them. So for our independent agents, I encourage them in that time in the morning, uh, you know that you want to post at least a few times a week hopefully every day, but you got to be realistic. So look at Grinnell Mutual's content. We know that you're writing for other carriers. So certainly look at your other carriers too and find posts on those pages that match the story that you're trying to tell about your agency. So again, for your listeners, uh, likely independent agents in their community. Some have more of a personal lines focus, so that would be auto and home. Uh, some may focus more on the small business customer or a niche within the small business customer. Um, the better you know the objectives of your business, the better you can start to find content that's going to help you tell that story online. Uh, and then, of course, these are local here in the United States. 
uh, the top 11 insurance carriers spent over $5 billion on advertising. My employer, Renault Mutual, uh, you know, we, we don't even, <laughs> we're just over a half billion in revenue total. So Geico is spending over a billion just on advertising. That's the largest spender in the United States. So, so we cannot compete. And certainly the independent agent, that small business, cannot compete with that sort of ad budget. So we have to look for the niches where we can be competitive. And in, in the communities in which we live and work, we can identify those opportunities. Again, think about thinking about your niche. And this is true for insurance, but it's true for any small business. What are the interests? What uh, what are your customers into? What are you into? And, and looking for those organizations, those causes, those groups, many of them have Facebook pages. Many of them have stories to tell. And so looking at their posts and sharing those posts as well to kind of reinforce that local community that some of your big competitors can't, uh, they can't get to that level of detail. They can't get to that level of niche. Uh, so, so looking for that content in the morning. And then of course, there's that maintaining the relationship. So you want to look and see who's talking with you. Have people left comments? Have they shared your content? Are they privately messaging you on, on Facebook or LinkedIn? So continuing those dialogues on social here in the United States, the expectation on social is that people will respond within an hour, but brand behavior lags, sadly. <laughs> over a day, it, it takes the average brand over a day to respond on Facebook to an inquiry by a customer or a user. Worse yet, 40% of those posts never receive a response at all. So by employing this 23-minute-a-day strategy, checking in at, at breakfast time, midday, and in the evening, you're ensuring a quick response to any comments that your customers uh, or users may have. And, and you're above average, yeah, <laughs> too, yeah. in, in just responding at all. Yeah. No, these are all like they're all fall in line with what you need to have a plan. It's really hard exactly. to be successful as a social if you don't know what you're trying to do, if you don't mm -hmm. know who you're talking to. Um, and it's about relationships. So that ties in beautifully to all the messages we're always sharing about have mm -hmm. a plan. And then how are you seeing this 23 minute a day plan? Is that resonating with the with the agents? Is that making them feel a little less hesitant or stressed out about the idea of being online and, and building those relationships? It, it is. It's helping a lot. With the agents with whom I, I talk to, the, the biggest thing that I see, you know, I'm in this I'm in this position where as we build these relationships with our customers, uh, I can see them like suddenly there's an agency that is sharing our content weekly that wasn't on the radar for us before until they had reached out to me. And, uh, and one of the things that I do, you know, we're talking about strategy, but one of the things that I do is, is the coaching like you do, Laura, uh, because agents have questions, these small businesses, they have questions and they're just, at least in the insurance industry, we like to have answers and it's hard, <laughs> it's hard to ask for help. And so, uh, so we offer, uh, training through articles. We offer training through webinars and and then I started an open office hour, similar to what uh, a teacher or professor or lecturer might have, just a, a free and open time to say, you've got questions, you're not even sure how to ask it, you may be a little bit embarrassed to ask it, but I'll help you answer that. And so in the meeting one-on-one -on -one, over the phone, by email, and then the, the webinars, we also do some on-site training help to overcome some of these anxieties, some of these concerns so that they have a little bit of confidence. And, and like you said, a plan, uh, 
and I do. I see I see the engagement in general. There's a, a pretty good correlation between the agents and mutuals who engage with us on social media and how they perform compared to our agency force as a whole. So we, we definitely see the value and the feedback we get from, from our customers is that they see the value as well. That's fantastic. I, I love that you've broken it down to this 23 minute thing and that you can you know break it down into three sections in the day. I think it's fabulous. And uh, I'm really thrilled you were able to come and share that strategy with us today. My pleasure. It was, uh, you know, this is something that's continuing to evolve, but it's definitely not going away. And so I think when we can find ways to tap into these tools to help us achieve the goals that we have for ourselves and our business, our businesses, I should say, it's a win-win for all of us. Absolutely. If anybody wants to connect with you, how can they find you? Well, I think the best way is uh, LinkedIn. I, you know, you're certainly welcome to try and connect with with us on uh, at Grinnell Mutual. But a lot of the content that I put out there is really kind of private channel, so you can't see it. But I try and repost what we share with our agents on uh, on LinkedIn using the Pulse. So connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll accept your connection. Just send a message saying, I heard you on Laura Wellman's podcast, so I know that you're a legitimate person and not one of those LinkedIn lurkers. <laughs> Sounds good. And we'll put a link to that um, right in the show notes for people. Excellent. Thanks so much, Laura. Thank you again for being here. I have very much enjoyed our chat. I did too. Enjoy the rest of your summer there in Canada. Thank you. I'd love to hear how you would break down your social media time, whether it's 23 minutes precisely or whether you break it down into other chunks. How would you do it? What would you prioritize when and how? So leave a comment in the show notes at larawellman.com slash podcast slash 36. And let me know how you would do that. Would you do, do you do five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the afternoon? Let me know. I've also put a link to Dan's LinkedIn profile in the show notes. So come on over. I also have links to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitchers. And as always, I look for your feedback. I'd love to hear about what else you'd like to hear about in the show. LaraWellman.com slash podcast slash 36. And until next time, I'll see you online. <laughs>